Have you recently gotten a new fangled 5G device for a gift? Are you planning to fly in the not-too-distant future? Do you like good weather forecast? Huh, somehow all those things may not add up. Could be a little bit of a problem, even. Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelonic. And this week we're going to be talking about is 5G cramping your weather. Before we get there, a couple notes. Well, by the time you get this thing, this episode, it'll probably be after Christmas. I know it's the before Christmas episode, but just let me just say, I've got a hunch that it's not going to show up in your feed till afterwards. I don't know why that is. Well, I do know why it is. Also note that as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm going to be recording from a couple different locations over the kind of the late December, early January. So I apologize if anything goes, or if it sounds off, I guess, more than anything goes wrong. Maybe some background noises. Maybe even I, I was doing a little audio check and I noticed that maybe there's a little bit of high frequency interference. Not exactly where it's sure it's coming from, but again, I'm hopeful it won't cause too much of a challenge with the episode. In any case, please bear with, if you will. Hope your weather's doing well. Mine has gone from freezing weather to sweating weather. That took course over a couple of days. Doing some traveling around the holidays. Moving around a little bit. And two things going on. Even if I had been at home, the weather warmed up. But where I went to, it's it's definitely got, I would say, within 48 hours. From when I started in freezing weather, I was in near 80 degrees Fahrenheit, so pretty balmy, you know, kind of in that, not a little bit over, I, I, I don't think it got all the way to 27C, but it's pretty close, pretty close. Enough back to air conditioning, at least where I was. Also, I had an interesting experience. Now, I'm not a hunter, never have been. I don't have a problem with it. I would like to think that most hunting that is done for consumption, even though I know we live in a day and age where you you don't necessarily have to do it. I've got no challenge with that particularly. And there's a lot of populations that get out of whack, you know, partly because this is the world we live in now. So it, it, you know, I had enough deer that I've almost run into that, you know, there's a need to keep the the predator um, mix, I guess, if you will, between those that hunt those creatures historically in the past isn't always there, you know, that's going to be taking it down and keeping those populations in check. So overall, it's fine. I'm good with it. I was doing a hike, however, in an area where got there, went to hike, it was, you know, mid-December, and was going to the parking lot. Didn't expect to see a lot of people. So I was hiking a place that was, you've heard me mention that I've been doing kind of these highest points in different states. So it was one kind of in the mid-Atlantic here in the U.S., and it was a sizable hike, but it was one of it was a cooler day and was going up on this mountain. But when we got to parking, you know, I was I had been more worried about the weather forecast because there'd been talk of kind of almost tropical cyclone type weather with a lot of rain and wind potential. So I've been really following that. Was thankful when I got near the mountain, I was still able to kind of pull up my radar app and, and get a fix on things. But as as we pulled in, there were a bunch of people already there. And I was a little surprised because we'd even been talking in the car of, 
well, how many people, uh, you know, a little bet, how many people and how many dogs do you think we're going to see? And, you know, we came up, we both agreed that it was going to be about five people. And I had added, I thought there might be a couple of dogs because it's not uncommon to see dogs out hiking the trail. And where we were going to be hiking, there was also on the Appalachian Trail. So it's, you know, it's not the time of year for that. But if people are going to go out and do a notable hike, you know, they may choose that. Maybe doing a similar thing, doing a high point type hike. Got there. Parking lot was full. But it was full of people going hunting and hunting with dogs. So the count went out the window right away. There was 10 people and there was at least 12 dogs. And what was really cool, though, is these dogs had radio transponder. So I was talking to them a little bit and I still don't know what they're hunting for. So if you live in the Eastern U S this time of year and you hunt with dogs, I'm curious what, please let me know. You can, you can reach out at what is about the weather gmail.com or again, find me on Twitter, Mark underscore Jelani. Let me know because my first impression is they were probably hunting some sort of like grouse or pheasant or something, a bird that was in these grasslands that led into this hike. But these dogs were all the way up the mountain, so I don't know if they were hunting bears or or if it was deer or something else. Not really sure. In any case, never found out, came back down the mountain, and they did ask. They were still missing a couple of their dogs, and they had this antenna out. They were looking for their dogs. And I guess when the weather's really clear, not like that day, and it's flat, they this transponder antenna can see them up to maybe 20 miles away but in weather like we were having and it was it turned out to be not too much rain which is what I was like before was trying to bridge the gap on that hike right between really rainy weather and we had a window between when of the kind of the first front there were two fronts coming through kind of a warm than a cold not uncommon and I timed it around this kind of four-hour window to minimize getting stuck in that but it was enough low clouds and enough you know, interference with other things between the mountains just in general, that they had a much smaller range. So we were actually trying to tell them where we had seen the different dogs that we had seen on the trail. And I was amazed these dogs just kind of out of nowhere, you know, because when hunting dogs tend to make noise, right? But these dogs, when they want to, can be really quiet because on more than one occasion, all of a sudden they came up behind us on the trail. Now they were being really friendly because, you know, we were these humans, which they had no problems with. Uh, but it was kind of an interesting experience. The weather that day, for me, it was kind of perfect. Um, like I said, kind of windy, a little damp at a couple moments, but I did miss those big rain moments, which was good. In any case, I don't know if that was good hunting weather or not. I didn't see that they had had any success, but they weren't the only people we saw out that day doing those things. So hopefully, hopefully, it's uh, something that, they were enjoying themselves. They were out with their kids. It was, I don't know, it was kind of neat to see. It was fam- doing family stuff right before the holidays. All right, now let's talk about 5G and weather and why I even bring it up. Now, I did an episode, I think it was episode 107. I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you're new to the show and want to catch an episode about this topic, I've talked about it before, and you may remember me talking about it, and it had to do with 5G the idea of 5G required a diff- additional spectrum, okay, additional opportunity to get the bandwidth that was needed. And, and I guess the best way I know to describe it is 5G isn't just about increasing speed. It's about in- reducing latency and making things more real-time. So everything that has a lot of bandwidth requirements also appears like there's no time gap. And this is important not only for 
just you know passively watching videos, but it's also necessary for things like VR, AR, the metaverse, if you will. So all these things that are going to require us to make us you know have this connection in a real time structure, it's critical for that. Okay. So fundamentally what's going on is we get this situation where you need more of the spectrum. And there's all sorts of things, different spectrums out there that are reserved for different components. And the first one we talked about, though, was one where water vapor shows up in the spectrum. So instruments and satellites that measure water vapor were going to be potentially interfered with by these new spectrums opened up to do 5G broadcasting. Now, this was back a couple years ago that there was a lot of talk about it. And I've got a link in the show notes to a study that does show that there's real-world impacts in terms of forecasting quality. And it's not that the the spectrum went away. It's that you get this bleed over at the, the ends. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, if you're into the world where you've looked at your Wi-Fi signal and you've seen how your signal, you know, picks up better on, on one portion of you, you maybe you've noticed that is is which channel do you want to use when you're setting up your router and that kind of stuff more and more we've gotten away from that we use smart technology to take care of it but if you've ever looked at these maps you'll notice that there's overlap and what was happening with the water vapor and we discussed in that episode was it's measured in a certain part of you know airwave spectrum and the 5g stuff was so close to it that as those radio signals were passing through the air, they had the potential of, you know, the best way to think about it is almost altering what the water vapor signature looked like to those satellites. And as you can imagine, you know, your first thought is water vapor. It's not that important, right? But it is. It's actually a, a critical component to forecasting weather. And if you don't want to think about water vapor, just think of it out as being your humidity level without being visible clouds. So there's a lot of moisture in the air that you don't necessarily see, and it is essential to doing good quality forecast. And what the study found was that's true. Now, I haven't seen a lot of real world since 5G's really rolled out and how it has been implemented to see how a much impact there's been. I hope it's not been too bad, and I hope we're finding ways to deal with it, but there is real potential there. Now, in the past couple of weeks, there has been more talk about this, and and so I got somebody who was asking me what what's going on. I thought, you know, this was something that was dealt with, a, you know, a while back. Well, the challenge is it's a new spectrum, so a couple of providers went in one area, all right, or took part of a spectrum and bought up part of the spectrum to use. And another part of the spectrum, though, it's on in a different wavelength. And it's actually kind of outside and, you know, way removed in another part that wasn't or, you know, that was reserved for other things. And the problem that we're running into is it's the same bleed over issue, right? It's, it's when you think about radio waves, I don't know if you've, it's, you know, not everybody's done this, but if you've ever tuned a radio, if you've ever been going from station to station with an old analog type, you know, dial, you've noticed that you can kind of, you find the sweet spot of the signal, if you will, but that doesn't mean you don't pick up any of it as you're going along. And that's what we're talking about in this case is, Again, we've got a bleed over situation with something that if you're not worried about how good your weather forecast is, this one might freak you out a little bit. So in early December, we were supposed to have a new implementation 
okay, of this spectrum, and I forget who the two providers, they're two of the major providers here in the U.S., and this is not a U.S. problem. I've read articles about it in Europe and other places as well, where the potential bleed over is into radio altimeters. Now, you've heard me talk about with my watch that a lot of altimeters, and including my watch that wasn't working so well, do it based on pressure, okay? But, but, most modern airplanes, particularly big jets that you fly, use a radio altimeter that is very important, extremely important in making landings during bad weather, all right? So they help more precisely locate where that plane is so it can use the automated technology to safely reach the ground, but more or less to, to know precisely how that, that plane is coming into that runway, okay, so that it can be done safely. Now, in January, it sounds like this thing's still going to roll out. Not that we haven't had enough problems, and I mentioned this was going to happen holiday season with cancellations, with Omicron going on and everything else. We're seeing that already. But what's going to happen is not only is this a theoretical, but there's already talk that planes are going to be diverted if there's ever a situation where there's bad weather around airports where this 5G technology is implemented or it's too close to the airports. And as I've read, I've got a link to you know at least one article where you can read about it. And it is, it's written not from a weather standpoint. It is really written about the what's going on technology-wise between 5G and these radio altimeters, but it is primarily during bad weather situations that it's going to be of critical importance, that planes are going to be diverted. There's already marked airports where these they're going to have antennas that are too close that if the broadcast levels begin to interfere, and this, this becomes an issue you know, all this talk, and you never understand why you can't use your cell phone on a plane, but if you're using 5G on your cell phone, you could literally be cha- causing problems in that spectrum, right, that that you don't want to interfere with your plane, but you may inadvertently be doing that. And, you know, I never really kind of understood why can't you use your phone on the plane and, you know, why do you have to go into airplane mode? But the more I read about this, I do understand it more probably than I ever have before that if your phone is trying to reach the ground and it's successful in doing that and you're not actually connected to Wi-Fi, you're sending signals back and forth that could be interfering with your plane's ability to get a good fix. Now, do I think that one phone is going to be the likely cause of that? No, it's likely going to be a lot of phones that are going to do that. But it doesn't take much to add up and you get this bleed over. And do I, of course, it's all theoretical till a plane goes down, right, until we prove it. Or maybe they have measured it. I didn't see anything that, that shows that they've definitively gone up in the air and they've they've seen this flux because it's just rolling out, right? So a lot of times when you're testing, you can't do it until it starts tr- transpiring. Unless this changes in early January, you're going to see these new rules go in effect as these other providers start using this spectrum. I'll keep you updated, but I thought it was very interesting that I hadn't, I, I guess I had heard about this potential problem, but it really wasn't as meaningful from a meteorological perspective as this water vapor was. But it is related to weather, right? It, it turns out that 
when it matters most, like I said, is in these bad weather scenarios. So anybody that's flown into a foggy airport or, you know, as we've talked about, particularly in the wintertime, when, when particularly you know, low cloud cover is probably the primary thing, but it certainly can be the same thing when there's deep cloud layers and, you know, you don't have a, a lot of visibility coming into the airport. I don't know. It'll be, it will be interesting to see where it goes. But the general rule of thumb is radio altimeter, bad weather, 5G, rut row, not a good thing. So keep it in mind, right? So if you start hearing about more flight cancellations as if we haven't had enough already, it could very well be. It, and I guess what, what I've heard they're going to do is they're not going to necessarily cancel the flight, but they're going to divert it to another airport. And if that's ever happened to you, you know that that may as well... I'd almost rather get my flight canceled and have to catch a later flight than get diverted to the wrong airport and not know how I'm going to get to my final destination. It could be, you know, more impactful in terms of disrupting your travel. I don't know. Hope it doesn't cause problems. Maybe they'll do another delay. I don't think they're going to because it's, you know, the spectrum's, went up for auction and these companies are planning to rolling it out, but different countries have had different regulations, how all this is going to roll out. You know, there's still a lot to be seen, but I know in the U S what they've done is they've identified certain airports that are going to be too close to these towers that under certain circumstances, they're just going to have the FAA is going to put in just a straight up diversion policy. Now, all that's subject to change. I'm sure all of it's being, all the details are being worked out, and I'm sure it'll be modified over time. The goal with this, just like the water vapor, is to try to get the providers to really focus on minimizing the bleed over out of the spectrum that they're using. But I don't know enough about the technology to say they'll be successful in doing that or not. But in the short term, more disruptions, as if, like I said, we didn't have enough already. Any case, any case, I hope this doesn't contribute to your holiday season uh, travel challenges on top of everything else. We're all ready for a little more normality, but it's another example of things that keep us from getting there. And for me, it's, it's, I guess it's particularly disappointing because all of you know that I really, I like that whole intersection of technology and weather and what technology does in a positive sense. And I've been reading articles this week about satellite and radar coverage of events that we just didn't have 20 and 30 years ago and how much it's helped our understanding and our knowledge and our ability to improve things. And I'm even going to talk about it from a positive spin in the next episode. So we're going to kind of, I thought I'd get this one out of the way first. But just keep in mind, technology is not always good for weather. And as always, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.